your host, Gary Cachulio. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, Joseph Simkovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, Ms. Aida, a list of demonic names, a pocket guide for the paranormal investigator, exorcist, psychic, and metaphysical practitioner. Monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser, and you can find her at tarotbyginger.com, www.tarotbyginger.com, and I highly recommend her if you are looking to make any type of major decisions in your life it's always great to see what energies are surrounding you and are at play and help you make the best decisions or if you just want to have your cards read for fun that can always be good too and now without further ado our guest for today is samuel chong and he has translated them today it's nice to be here thank you Yes. So, 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 how, how, tell me about this. I know you are fascinated with this text prior to your actually getting to translate it. Is that correct? That's right. I was fascinated by the content. I actually decided to visit the author, even though I didn't know where the author was living at that time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because the book contains a lot of um, credible and very specific and verifiable information, that really shocked me. Hmm. I don't know how to pronounce the author's name. What was his name? Michel de Marquet. He, he was a French Australian. De Marquet. Yeah, I would have botched that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you were interested in the book. So, how did you become the? How did you become the person to translate? Did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? Did you guys have a relationship prior to actually doing the project? Well, actually. Um, I first read a book in English, and I was fascinated by the content. I decided to contact him and to learn more about the information that he didn't write in the book. Because in the postscript, he said there's uh, more incredible uh, things that he was not allowed to write in the book. So I, I decided to find out what else is more incredible and what else that he was not allowed to write in the book. So I visited him in Vietnam, where he was living at that time. I showed the exact address, but the taxi driver took me there. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's how I got to know got to meet him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you actually get to stay there with him in his home and work with him? Yes, I actually stayed at his uh, bungalow, and where he had a, like, a small motel, and, and asked him a lot of questions about uh, his encounters and what else he wasn't allowed to write in the book, but he didn't say anything to me. He was a really kind of um, um, eccentric uh, French man. Mm-hmm. And, but he wanted me to have the book published in China. And that's why I I had the book uh, published and, and published in both China and Taiwan. And, and, um, and it became a bestseller in both countries. That is awesome. So Obviously, I'm going to want to know all the things that he couldn't publish. <laughs> <laughs> but but first, before we go there, 
I think it's best to give listeners a background on, you know, him and what the book is about and some of the key things that we should know. Right. He was um, uh, just a regular person, a uh, landscaper, uh, living in Australia when the event happened. And he was working, he was actually sleeping one night. And then he woke up suddenly in the middle of the night and he, lived, he was lifted up and had this encounter with an ET, um, a very beautiful race of ET that um, has a very advanced civilization such as who built a great pyramid, for what purposes, what really happens in the Bermuda Triangle, what are ghosts, is there reincarnation, what's the purpose of life, and who is Jesus Christ? So he was told so many uh, knowledge, and, and I found that to be um, really resonating to what I believed to be true, um, because uh, it makes perfect sense to me. For example, he says that uh, he, he was told that the Great Pyramid was built with the anti-gravitational technologies, as well as supersonic vibration sound. systems. Yes, sound. Wow, he said that? Because, cause that's, yeah, he said it. because that's actually becoming now, just now people are starting to consider that sound waves were used to help levitate stones and move them. Yes. Remember the book was written in the late 80s, and uh-huh. who knew that back then? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's just starting people are considering that. Right, right. <laughs> so that's the so this is the one of the fascinating things about the book. Also, the Bermuda Triangle. He says that they told him it's actually a portal or, or or like a warp to a parallel universe. Um, so people got sucked into that parallel universe where mm. time stops. So that's why you see so many people, planes, and ships disappear in that area. And it's not just near the Bermuda Triangle. There are other portals or warps around the Earth that people always uh, sometimes get sucked into, um, has written about. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, so, that's, uh, so I think uh, if the ETs uh, are really far more advanced than us, they should uh, know everything and have a plausible explanation. And this is a book that really uncovers uh, all the mysteries that I have um, in mind when I was young. I still have all those mysteries in my mind now at 55. <laughs> you know, you know, I I was on Coast to Coast, and I used to listen to Coast to Coast AM a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after reading this book, I, I stopped listening to them because <laughs> it seems to me that I, I know the answers already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, what did they have to say about Jesus? Well, like, that's an interesting one. Like, how did they even know that we had a Jesus on this planet, unless he was from somewhere else, from there? Well, um, according to him, Jesus and Christ are two different beings. Ah. Yes. Jesus, the one born out of Virgin Mary, was actually born from an embryo implanted by the ETs, mm-hmm. by the Theobans, in order to fulfill the prophecy that someone extraordinary was going to be born from a virgin. Um, but because someone was born that way, um, he had to go through, path through what they call the River of Oblivion, forgetting everything that happened in his past lives, and also forgetting all the knowledge of performing miracles. So this is why Jesus, the one, he later went to India and died in Japan. So that's why there's a tomb of Jesus Christ in Shingo village, Japan, that people can visit and verify the information. The one in the Bible, 
that performed all the miracles was someone actually um, from Theoba who just uh, shaped himself like Jesus in order to make people believe the teachings of uh, Christ. Because at that time, people didn't really believe anything that someone said unless someone could perform miracles. So that's why he remembered the knowledge. He, he knew he had the knowledge to perform all the miracles. And this is why in the Bible, you don't see any record of Jesus performing any miracles before the age of 30. So Christ, the one who can perform or who could perform miracles, he taught spirituality and love. And he died on the cross and resurrected three days after, just to show people that there is life after death and there is reincarnation. But somehow the concept of reincarnation got erased from the Bible mm -hmm. by the Catholic Church. So this is something that uh, people can, can think about. There are a lot of doctors, like I think some of you interviewed even uh, Alexander, who mm -hmm. uh, talked about the life after death. And, and I think uh, this book also uh, verifies the information. Interesting. Because um, that's also, if you know this in the 80s, and the Dead Scroll, like the Dead Sea Scrolls and those Gnostic texts that were found in the caves didn't come, you know, at least not in English until the 90s, you know, because that's where also you'll find some information to verify what he was saying, right? Yes, yes. Uh, besides this kind of information, and also the book talks about uh, the alien bases on the far side of the moon, on the back oh, side of the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of that. Those aliens J John, John Leary used to always talk about that. Yes, yes. And this book actually tells what uh, kind of races of ETs build the space uh, aliens, build the bases on the far side of the moon, and for what purposes. They were actually trying to migrate to Earth, but because at that time the... Uh, Residents on Earth, inhabitants on Earth, were belligerent. They, they were like um, having kind of uh, animosity against uh, this group of ETs. Mm. So they used uh, the backside of the moon as a base station to transport their kind of uh, materials to Earth and their people to Earth. And and so they're actually the kind of race that are still living on on among us. They're actually the um, pollinations. Um, they were, they had very advanced technologies and advanced civilization called the Lemuria. Yes, but then yes, 14,500 years ago, mm -hmm. the entire continent suddenly sank into the ocean. Fascinating. So what did they say about the races on the Because you know why I'm asking this question? Because I spent like the last two nights watching John Lear interviews about the races on the moon <laughs> like the last two nights. So kind of funny that we are talking about this. And he talks about the different races, too, that are there. So I'm curious if they match up with what he was saying. Yeah, I mean, according to this book, uh, the uh, people who built the alien bases on the moon were originally from a planet called Arimo X3. They were thinking about migrating a lot of their people to another planet because of over overpopulation. So they first uh, found Mars. Uh, Mars, about 300,000 years ago, there were lives on Mars. Uh, but because uh, Mars was a planet that was cooling down uh, in the core, so they, they're actually, Mars was actually a dying planet. So they 
um, targeted Earth, and then they saw Chinese people living uh, near in Asia and also in in a portion of the uh, in the north um, western portion of uh, the continent of Lemuria, and they had a small war between the Chinese and the uh, the people from Arimax Three. And then, because of the war, they decided to um, retreat back to to build a base on on the far side of the moon. So that's why they uh, to the continent of Lemuria. And on the continent of Lemuria, they actually had a very successful and very uh, very advanced uh, civilization. And and they built a, a a pyramid that's three times as large as the Great Pyramid of Egypt. And they also built the statues on Easter Island. So that's why when the continent sank, the the statues remained on Easter Island. That you can see, people can, can are still wondering who built those statues. And here you are. This book gives the answer. It's actually the uh, the Lemurians. Wow. So I have to ask about the pyramids again now. What were the pyramids made for, and how many pyramids are there on Earth? Well. The pyramids were originally made by people who had、uh, a very advanced civilization in order to capture the cosmic energy.、Mm. So it's an energy to energy device, so,、like、so that they could energy use antenna. The, yes, yes, energy antenna. They could use the、uh, the pyramid as a tube to communicate with people from other planets. They could also visit or maybe to see.、Um, Some of the parallel universes around Earth, and they also used、uh, the Great Pyramid of Egypt to make rain, because they could concentrate the organ or some kind of energy in a way so that the clouds could form、uh, in the sky, and then the rain would fall. Some of the modern theories about that too, and people、mm-hmm. can actually duplicate it and make the same. To answer the other the other question you have, there are a lot of there were a lot of、uh, pyramids on Earth. One of the one of which was actually a greater, a larger pyramid built by the Lemurians, three times as large as the size of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. But then, because the continent of Lemuria fell or sunk into the ocean, the Great Pyramid on the continent on continent of Lemuria also fell into the ocean as well.、Mm. But I think archaeologists can, like, if they really look hard into the.、Uh, Pacific Ocean near Japan, they could、uh, probably find that、uh, pyramid.、Hmm. Is there any mention of other pyramids, like in Antarctica? Um, it really doesn't say about other pyramids on Antarctica, <clears throat> but it says that、um, about、uh, hundreds of thousands of years ago, Antarctica was actually connected to Australia. It was.、Um, It had actually had a very mild temperature, so there were plants and animals living on Antarctica. But because of Earth changes, because of、uh, the、um, the continents、uh, moving around the、uh, and then Antarctica、um, is、uh, where now it is. It's covered by ice nowadays.、Hmm. So there was probably aliens living on this planet when it was just one continent of Pangaea. Who started to live on Earth started the.、Uh, One point three five million years ago. So that's actually after the Pangaea.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there were animals and other like monkeys or gorillas on the planet.、Um, the the people, 
the first group of people actually came from a different planet called uh, uh, Bakratini. And the first group of people who came here were actually the black people and the yellow people. The black people went to Australia and the yellow people went to Myanmar. And uh, and then the black people had a kind of a separation and some people went to Africa and some remained in Australia and who became the aboriginals of Australia nowadays. Um, and the yellow people remained in Asia and uh, they had um, a lot of uh, trade and exchanges. And the Caucasian people came afterwards, um, first landed on the continent of uh, Atlantis. Uh, and then the Jewish people came even afterwards, about uh, 11,000 years ago. And they, they actually came from a different planet too. Mm. So it's a very interesting story about uh, um, how the Jewish people came to Earth and how they evolved. How is it then that all, if we're sort of all created from different alien races, why is the DNA similar? Why is the DNA different? Yes. Well, the ETs mentioned that uh, we are all from different uh, planets, but because Earth has a certain um, kind of a physical characteristic and the climate also is the same for all the people, so that's why people beca became, uh, become adaptive to the Earth environment. So that's mm -hmm. why we be became to look alike. But originally, we we were look we, we look the more differently than than nowadays. It's the acclimation of the Earth environment that resulted in our similarities. Hmm. So we're all much different. We were very different. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um. So what does he say about the paranormal? You mentioned ghosts and things like that. Now. Uh, and I cover a wide range of stuff. I cover everything from ghosts, angels, demons, um, all of that. Are those things related or is it stuff from another universe? What is all this stuff? Well, ghosts are actually electrons, um, made of electrons. When a person dies, the physical body dies, but there is still the astral body that really uh, departs or leaves the physical body. Uh, the astral body is actually made of electrons. 81% um, of the electrons goes to the higher self of a person until they're recycled by nature or when the person reincarnates again. So what we see ghosts are actually the 19% of electrons that remain on Earth. Because of static energy, static forces, the the shape of the ghosts um, resemble the the living person, mm -hmm. and uh, electrons also have memories. So that's why ghosts frequently haunt the places they loved or hated. So this is why uh, when we see ghosts, uh, they they kind of look like uh, uh, the person who were living, who was living, and and then they kind of have some kind of memory, so we can communicate with the ghost. Uh, but there's nothing to be afraid of and nothing to be scared of uh, ghosts. Uh, a lot of Chinese people, they're afraid of ghosts. Mm -hmm. they're, I don't know why they're so scared, but if people don't like them, um, they can just use a lighter to light a small fire or use candle to make the electrons disappear. So I think uh, it's 
So this is a very plausible explanation uh, about ghosts. I actually met someone who could see ghosts, mm -hmm. and I verified the information, and it turned out to be true. <laughs> very interesting coincidence. What I'm thinking about as you're talking about this in the electrons is the, you know, if they weigh a person right before they die, and then they weigh them again immediately after they die, there's usually a difference in weight. Yes. The, the body, how the energy that left the body. Yes, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. So this book actually talks a lot more about uh, the paranormal events, uh, but more importantly, it talks about the meaning of life. It, it says that uh, life is actually a, a learning experience. So we are born in this lifetime because we chose to be born in our current environment, our current parents. And this is a just like a, a, a lesson to to learn to respond to the life challenges, whether it's um, financial or uh, emotional or relationship-wise. So it's like a, like a homework for us to, to do and, oh, okay. and to learn spiritually, to grow spiritually. So this is the, the meaning of life, is to gain spiritual license, to purify ourselves spiritually and to advance to a higher level. Yeah, and that's become very a very common belief now, actually. I, I would say, like, the last 15 years, a lot of people have adopted that the idea that life is more of a school, a place that we've volunteered to come to, in order to learn certain lessons and for ev evolution. Uh, a lot of people seem to be taking that belief on now rather than following a specific religion. That's correct. Actually, this book uh, gives a lot of more specific information based on that. It says that uh, there are a total amount, um, and Earth is a category of one planet. It's like an elementary school where we learn the basic lessons, spiritual lessons. And then the Theobans actually come from a category nine planet. They're like professors, uh, university professors. They guide us to the right direction, uh, spiritual directions. So this is why when you read the book, I suggest everyone to take a look at the book, that they have been involved in our past for a long time. They intervened um, when we went to the wrong direction. For example, in the Bible, it talks about the, uh, the cities of um, Sodoma and uh, Gomorrah. And, and this is actually, according to this book, is their intervention. They intervened because the people in the two cities were behaving really uh, morally... Uh, badly that they contaminated the people who got in contact with them. So they affected other people around them. So that's why they decided to destroy the two cities in order for, uh, for others to learn the lesson. Um, and it's like a, a cancer cell. If you think about it, it's like a cancer's tumor. Um, if you have a cancer tumor on, on your body, would you like to take it out or would you like it to continue to grow to to affect other parts of the body? I think the Theobans did the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. Publishing a book. Well, uh, there are uh, some things that uh, Michel de Marquet was not allowed to write in a book. Um, there, But there are things that he revealed later after his book was published. Two of the things related to 
the gray aliens, the gray ETs, and、mm-hmm. the other relates to the Sphinx near the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Okay. Um, regarding the gray aliens,、uh, they're saying that they are also from Category One planet.、Mm-hmm. They are here to observe us because they are having their own issues with, with their immune system.、Um, their immune system was deteriorating to an extent that,、uh, to a certain extent, that they are going to become a extinct a ET race in the near future. We are actually having the same issues since 1948. Really? So they are observing us to see how we respond to the same situation. So that's why they implanted、uh, some of the people on Earth in order to observe us.、Mm-hmm. But there are not as many as people believe that they imp- they implanted.、Um, by I think 1995 or so, there were only about 100 people, 150 people or so. Had the implants from the gray ETs,、hmm. um, so and and this, I I think it's very interesting. Gray aliens to learn from their technologies and to to kind of have a certain kind of collaboration.、Uh, in my mind, I think、uh, if they really want to gain the technologies, they shouldn't gain from Category One planet ETs. They should gain knowledge from Category Nine planet <laughs> ETs. So I think they're learning from the peers. They should learn from the masters.、Right. <laughs> so I think this is something that people should be mindful about. Well, they must know something that we don't, because they're able to get here. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think we are. We have the technologies already to get to、um, another planet. It's just that it's probably not being disclosed by the government. I have to agree because the government, what the government knows, is thirty years ahead of what we know. Yes. Um, so, so why? <clears throat> what did they say about the Sphinx? Boy. Well, it says that the Sphinx has、uh, three chambers beneath it.、Mm-hmm. So, when the time is right, when we are ready, the three chambers can be opened, and when that happens, we are going to know everything. So, it's more like、uh, everything will be disclosed, and the knowledge will be revealed. I I find it interesting because it's very similar to what、uh, Edgar Casey. I was just going to say it's very odd. Edgar, Edgar Edgar Casey talked about there being some type of library under the left paw of the Sphinx. Didn't know anything about Edgar Casey. He says that if we try to open the three chambers nowadays using explosives, they wouldn't.、Um, they cannot be opened.、Uh, it has to be opened in a very unique way when we are ready.、Uh, I hope that.、Uh, That's within our lifetime. I hope. <laughs> Does he ever say anything about the human race and where it's going? And if it doesn't change, we're going to wipe ourselves out. Like, where's it going to be a bad category one planet? <laughs> a failure. <laughs> well, if if you if you look at the book, if you read the postscript, it it really says a lot of things regarding that.、Mm-hmm. Um, and and also throughout the book, it、uh, gives a lot of warnings to us. Saying that if we don't change our ways, if we don't mend our ways, it's going to be a catastrophe, and、uh, it's mostly done by our own action because um, um, people need to really look around and to see what's really happening around us behind、mm-hmm. the scenes.、Uh, there are a lot of、um, information. 
being manipulated by the mainstream media, and it's really the people that behind the scenes、um, manipulating the two political parties, and they the the parties the presidents change every four eight years, but the people behind the scenes they don't change,、mm-hmm. they they remain in power, and those are the financiers, and, and among with the, the specifically talks about the Catholic Church. And the、uh, four different、uh, church councils that intentionally distorted the meanings of the original scriptures of the Bible.、Um, it also is very specific about、uh, some of the technologies being suppressed by the interest groups. For example, the hydrogen engine. Remember, the book was written in the late eighties. Yeah. So it talks about the hydrogen engine. And、uh, it, it reminds me about the、uh, uh, a guy named the、uh, guy invented the、uh, the water car. Was he the guy that got killed? Like、yes. mysteriously died. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so <laughs> it's、uh, very interesting. But there are a lot of other people, like Brazilian people and and other people from other countries, that invented、uh, water based、mm-hmm. engines, motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. The government and the people that would, you know, the, would manufacture these devices all would come out and say, "Oh, it's not safe." Right, right, yeah. So it talks about a, a lot of technologies,、uh, not just the、uh, water-based、uh, engines, but also how we can utilize the、uh, color to、uh, to to improve our mood and also also health in general.、Um, Uh, also, like information about the danger, we don't realize that because we don't normally we don't have a way to detect the damages down to our astral body. But according to the ETs, what we cannot see、um, does not mean that、uh, it doesn't exist. But noise is one of the most dangerous、um, contaminants on Earth or pollution on Earth. Yeah. That's another thing that I've covered is the. Effects of the frequency from different colors and different sounds and its effects on the human body. Yes, and it talks about the human energy field, the aura.、Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the aura is uh, very uh, useful to、um, indicate the psyche of a person. If a person is、uh, physically healthy, then the aura would look、uh, bright and vibrant. If the person has、uh, mal intentions or bad intentions or in Very、uh, bad physical conditions, then the aura would look、uh, dark and, and kind of grayish like.、Mm-hmm. And if you expose yourself to different lights and different frequencies, you can change your vibration, right, of the aura and help heal heal yourself. Yes, exactly. It it mentions about the、uh, the different colors and the healing properties of different colors. Well, he's definitely getting this information way ahead of his time. Um. So with the aliens and all this, like, like knowing all this, why, ha- why did they tell him their own origins and purpose in life? Well, they are. They were using him to spread messages by documenting what he personally experienced on their planet. Remember, he was taken. Onto their planet for nine days and then came back.、Mm-hmm. He was instructed to write a book, to write about his experiences and also the knowledge 
Hassan by the ETs. And they chose him because uh, he was one of the few people at that time who uh, had um, 80 past lives. According to them, um, only people like him can survive on their planet for nine days because of um, um, their um, stringent rules um, of uh, the universe. Because if I didn't have uh, 80 past lives, if I went to their planet, I would have died immediately. Um, and, and so that's that's the, and also because because he was a Michel de Marquet was a person who didn't have any preconceived notions about ETs. He was just a landscaper. He wasn't into UFOs in the past, and he didn't have knowledge about the uh, aliens. And even though he, he suspected uh, there were ETs uh, beyond Earth, so. He would uh, very objectively document and write everything happened to him without personal opinions. Um, if um, they if they chose like a journalist, or then I think uh, they're afraid that the meanings and, and what happened uh, would be distorted by the journalist mm -hmm. or or the ufologist because of um, um, kind of um, origin uh, personal opinions. Yeah, because you come with your own set of information and bias. So yeah. you, you lose that non-judgmental point of view. Right. Wow. Um, so when it comes, what did, what did he say about God? Did he say anything about God? Well, it says that God is the creator of the universe, the source or the ether. It's like a great spirit that... Um, created everything including stars, planets, earth, and um, plants and animals on earth, and also including human beings. So when God created everything, it, it used its uh, kind of like a cosmic energy or cosmic rays in order to create everything. So uh, who comes first, chicken or egg? Mm. It's actually the cosmic egg, the cosmic rays that created the chicken and the egg. So that's what happened. And God really wanted to experience itself by inserting a tiny portion of itself into our physical body so that we can give God feedbacks of our experiences in life. physical body to experience spiritual um, experiences. So this is why um, then some people say we are part of God. It's true because each one of us human beings um, has a tiny portion of God. And um, it, the book um, is kind of suggests that we can really uh, speak to God just by concentrating on our own heart and our mind. We don't need an intermediary like a pastor or church minister or clergy to talk to God, we can just, uh, um, because the kingdom of God is within you, um, so we can communicate with God through our higher self. And so there's nothing to uh, to be worried about when you have um, challenges in life, mm -hmm. because you can always ask for God, ask for your higher self for help. Mm. It did he ever answer the other question, which is, who made God? No. <laughs> Michel de Marquet asked that question to the ETs, and the ETs don't know. 
<laughs> so they're in, <laughs> they're in the dark on that one too, huh? Right, right. They're up in the yes. Hmm. Um, are there? I've done a lot of interviews where people have come in contact um, with with extraterrestrials using their consciousness, like how people are using telepathy to communicate with these extraterrestrials. Yes, he he did talk about the telepathy, and he actually communicated uh, with uh, Tao, the ET who invited him to their planet using telepathy. Uh, sometimes using telepathy, sometimes using voice, um, and uh, and according to them, there are different kinds of uh, ETs in our galaxy. Um, at least uh, there are two hundred different kinds of ETs in. In our, in our galaxy, and, and Michel de Marquette was shown their bodies, and he saw different uh, ETs uh, preserved in a golden doko. A doko is like a, a building structure where people can see the outside from inside, but not from outside to see inside. So so when you are inside the golden doko, you can see outside, but when you are outside the doko, you, can, you cannot see the inside. So this is their doko, a building structure. So he saw different ET bodies, and he actually saw the body of Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and uh, I think uh, he gave a lot of uh, very specific details uh, about uh, how the body looked like. And I suggest people to read the book to find out more information about uh, the stories about Jesus Christ and also... Um, the different kinds of ETs. ETs, like the level nines. Are they like angelic to us? Yes, they're like mentors, angelic mentors to us. Uh, because they sent Jesus and Christ to us, um, they are actually able to perform all the miracles performed by Christ. They could levitate. They could uh, do a teleportation. They could materialize objects. They could communicate using telepathy. They could even make a, they can even make a human adult human being within twenty four hours. So they they are capable of doing anything that we can possibly imagine. They can actually disappear in front of us. They can reduce their size to to make uh, themselves look like one of us. Um, so it's very interesting and uh, uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of information is so detailed in the book that uh, I, I have to read the book a few times in order to grasp the entire uh, concept uh, and a lot of the details. How about reptilians? Anything in there about reptilian races? Well, it really doesn't mention about uh, reptilians, uh, but it mentioned that uh, there are a lot of uh, distortions in the Bible. Uh, in which people, uh, the Catholic Church, imagined um, concepts like hell or um, the original meaning of the word Satan was actually an adversary. It's actually your opponent. It's like uh, you have your own mind, and then, but you also have your free will. Your free will is your, um, sometimes your adversary if you don't uh, follow the principles of life. Or, or what, uh, what suggested by, by the ways of living of, uh, of God, your higher self. So when you have, um, 
some kind of a free will that deviates from the principles of life, then uh, you you in a sense you have an adversary or opponent, and then the word adversary in original Hebrew language was translated into Satan, and, and so that's a, I think a misconception uh, that people have in the Bible. Uh, similarly, uh, to the point of reptilian, reptilians, I think uh, this is uh, people's imagination because uh, uh, when people say the reptilians are actually involved uh, with the Illuminati or some kind of uh, secret societies, I I actually translated a, a, another book called uh, 334,000 Lies, written by the chairman of a secret society that was founded in Germany. Uh, the Bavarian the Illuminati? Yeah, the Illuminati. Wow. <laughs> uh, higher uh, people from the Illuminati in the higher levels, they could perform some kind of uh, um, extraordinary abilities, like uh, supernatural abilities, such as uh, influencing people's mind and also predicting future events using a special form of astrology. And it's very detailed information in that book, uh, but it talks about nothing, it talks nothing about the uh, reptilians. And there's also a, a Dutch banker named uh, Ronald Bernard, who used to work for the people um, of the Illuminati in the past. He also witnessed like a member of the Illuminati killing another person just using mind. And he personally witnessed it. And he says that uh, there is no reptilians on Earth. It's just people's uh, imagination trying to think that the Illuminati were the reptilians or associated with them. Does he say anything about... You kind of touched on this a little bit about the technology and the agreement with the Greys. But there's a story about the president, Eisenhower, actually meeting with the Greys. Well, the book actually doesn't say anything about Eisenhower meeting with the Greys. Uh, but the book mentions about intervention uh, by stopping Germany from the country uh, having, from being the first country to have the atomic bomb. So the ET of the Thubans helped the U.S. government to develop and deploy the atomic bomb uh, so that uh, there will be less people die during the war. And it also mentioned about their intervention um, of uh, Project Westford, in which uh, the NASA released uh, hundreds of millions of needles into space in the 1960s. And it, it says in the book that they thought that uh, the needles were harmful for the people to the people on Earth. So they uh, made the needles disappear. So I looked them up, and I found that uh, there was a project Westford uh, by NASA. And then the needles, uh, after, released, by, after being released into space, they disappeared. So, so it really co corroborates with what, what it says in the book. Wow, that's very, very specific. Yes. So the book contains the a lot of such specific, verifiable information. And I found it hard not to believe uh, what's written in the book. Mm. 
So how many lives do we have to go through before we don't have to live anymore? Well, it's a, it's a process. I mean, uh, we have to gradually purify our spirit, behaves on earth. If a person focuses on spiritual aspect uh, of life and not material wealth, then the person would uh, progress much faster. But if a person only focuses on gaining uh, money or uh, or earn a lot of money and not to focus on helping people, and, and that person would evolve much at a much slower pace. So it, it's more like a comfort to us, uh, like people like uh, Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, <laughs> they they probably won't evolve as as fast as they would have hoped. <laughs> um, are there any other things? in his book or that he well actually that stuff that's not in the book that he was really hesitant to share with anyone well um he there's one thing he told me about during my second trip um visiting him and uh, he asked me not to disclose it because Tao the ET asked him not to uh ask him to tell me not to disclose it. Uh, but they didn't say that I couldn't make a puzzle out of it. So this is what I did. I wrote an article about uh, the one thing he didn't write in the book. And people can find uh, a lot of clues. Uh, and in order to know that one thing, people would have to understand the stories in the Bible, especially the someone taken by God, mm -hmm. according to the ancient scriptures. And uh, Noah was the great-grandson of uh, Enoch. Mm -hmm. So Enoch was told to write a book. So there was a book of Enoch that wasn't included in the Bible. Right. And, and you see what happens a few decades afterwards, Noah. Uh, and Noah was told to build an ark. And there was a flood. So Michel Demarquet was also told to write this book in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. And and um, and you can do the math and uh, and to get a clue. Hmm, that's a little bothersome that one. <laughs> but it also really so, depends. So on... so what you're saying is that this book is essentially the book of Enoch, and if if the Enoch is not followed through some of the teachings that's in it, disaster is ahead. That's right. But this book, this book, Theoba Prophecy, this book, uh, the reason why I'm so desperate in promoting the book and the messages in the book is that I'm trying to change the course of history by having people to be enlightened by the messages in the book. Um, I don't have any financial interest in the book. If it sells well, uh, it doesn't really matter to me. If it doesn't sell well, I, I, don't, I don't lose anything. And uh, I don't have any financial interest in the book, wake people up. And the book actually gives a solution to the people. It's uh, try to um, see what's really happening around the world, what's really happening behind the scenes, and to act together in a concerted fashion. Just like um, what Gandhi did in India, and also what uh, Martin Luther King was promoting, using nonviolent resistance to go against uh, the powers that are running everything. 
it's like uh, when we have a strike, we the poor people would lose little, and then the wealthy, the people behind everything, they would lose huge because no one would work for him, no one would be enslaved by them. So, so that's why the book is trying to show people that we can actually change the world by uniting together. And by having concerted action, using nonviolent resistance to change the course of history, and to change the events that that have been happening around the world. So, you, it's not like that's a, that's a that's a big task, man. I mean, it, you know, it sounds simple. You know, I always wonder too, like, you know, it should be so easy for people just to get along. Like, all we really have to do is accept each other. And we could have a great time on this planet. Profit of us not getting along. I mean, another important message of the book is that we are all created by God. We all have a tiny portion of uh, of God itself. So we are all the same. Is we are all one, like one people on Earth. So we should uh, get along together and and. Uh, uh, if we don't get along, if we have wars,、uh, we disintegrate, and that's going to be bad for all of us. So this is one of the important messages in the book: is to really to love your neighbor, love one another, and love、uh, even your enemies. And this is、uh, the message of love that this book is trying to teach us. And so, so did Jesus Christ.、Um, so, so this is a very interesting. I'm, I'm doing my best to. To do my portion of the work, and I hope that people can join me and to 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 be、uh, waking up. So, what is it like if somebody's listening to this episode? What is it that they, is it? What is it that they can do to help support you and help get this message out? I would say that、uh, if、uh, they they know、uh, people who would be interested in the messages of the book,、um, then just Spread the words out and to promote the book, because uh, um, I think uh, the book is very powerful. It has a、uh, very very detailed information. I could think a lot of people would feel the same way. So the book can 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 actually change a person's、uh, inner thinkings or inner thoughts、uh, to change、uh, from the inside out.、Uh, so promoting the book is actually probably one of the best ways to go about it. So, if、uh, any of your audience or listeners know other people who would be interested in uh, uh, in learning more about a book and or be or have a podcast or things like that,、uh, that would be a, another great way of doing that. And if people like to talk about this book, please share the messages of the book on social media or the internet, and 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 just to、uh, let as as many people know about the book as possible. I'll be more than happy to promote it. One of the things I did notice though is when I looked up the book, I found it under different titles. It has more than one title, right? Yes, it does. So,、um, what is it that people should be looking for? People should uh, search uh, Theoba Prophecy, T H I A O O U B A, Prophecy, and they can find the book on Amazon or or search it on Google. You can find、uh, some copies、uh, online as well. And、uh, originally, it was titled "Abduction to the Ninth Planet,"、mm-hmm. um, and then because、uh, the author wanted the the book to capture 
the people's um, interest. So he changed the book from Abduction to the Next Planet to Feel About Prophecy. And then, and it's, um, it's been selling pretty well on Amazon right now. But people can, can get a free copy if they want to. It's just, it was just kind of confusing because I knew I saw I looked up at Amazon it came up under two different titles and I'm like these two different books is it a part one and a part two like what's going on <laughs> it's the same book same content so they're both exactly the same same forwards and everything exactly the same yes so what was it like translating it into another language was that easy well it's uh, for other I had me I mean uh, I'm a professional translator and a certified court interpreter. I've done a lot of translations, but this book is so far the most difficult text to translate because uh, if uh, it has so many like uh, advanced concepts that I, I actually needed to coin some words out in Chinese language. And, and uh, the concepts are, are also a little bit challenging to translate because uh, it's far uh, advanced uh, our times. It's far ahead of our times. Um, and even now, a lot of people have uh, different suggestions on different translations. Um, but it's you know, a bestseller in China and Taiwan and being promoted uh, by a lot of uh, um, internet uh, influencers um, um, on their own. And, and they, they just love the, the content. Yeah. Is there any way that they get this book translated into other languages? Um, is there any, they're still looking for more people, more languages to be, um, to have, to have the book translated into more languages. Uh, yeah. So uh, any, any offers are welcome. So uh, he's passed away. Are you in contact with any of his family members? Well, he's survived by his son and daughter and his wife, his, his ex-wife. Um, yeah, his family are still in Australia and they're well. Awesome. So, before we wrap it up, like, where is it? So we already kind of like, you're promoting his book. You're not promoting yourself at all. Not at all, because I think the book is far more important important than, than anything about myself. All right. So everybody out there should look for. Um, I can never pronounce the the, title, the the one title that you give me. I can't pronounce it, but I, I got Induction of the Ninth Planet. I can say that one. Yeah, or, or Theoba Prophecy. Theoba Prophecies. Yes. How do you spell that? How does anybody Theoba? spell Theoba? Theoba is spelled as a P-H-I-A-O-O-U-B-A. All right. Well, I'll put a link to it in the notes of this episode so people can go on Amazon and buy the book. Yes, and and I, I hope uh, you find the book interesting, and I think uh, when you read it, you'll realize that this is going to be your best investment you ever made in your lifetime. My lifetime by reading this book, it's a spiritual investment, and it also uh, allowed me to gain um, a lot of valuable lessons in life. And remember, I was um, a, a student uh, who studied economics. I was so into uh, making money mm -hmm. into the financial market, but so I purchased books uh, worth uh, hundreds of dollars just for um, gaining knowledge. But I think the knowledge contained in this book is uh, priceless. It sounds like this book has almost everything I've ever covered on this podcast all in one volume. 
Yes. So basically, if you like this podcast, you'll like this book. I hope people do so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you for being on, and I'll put the links to the book in the notes this episode. And please just hang on for one moment while I play the outro. Everything imaginable.